Imposter syndrome, where it comes from and how to overcome it. Suzanne McColl, LPC, shares her journey from feeling like an imposter in her work to thriving as a business owner and life coach. She discusses where imposter syndrome comes from, the signs that you have it, and techniques to overcome it and develop a growth mindset. Suzanne reveals how embracing challenges, learning from mistakes, and cultivating confidence can help you thrive in your work and life. You are worthy. We all have gifts to share with the world. Imposter syndrome can hold us back from living our fullest lives. And Suzanne's story reminds us that with awareness, tools, and a growth mindset, we can move past limiting beliefs and step into our power. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while. We invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Suzanne McColl is an experienced licensed psychotherapist with over 30 years of experience. She specializes in EMDR therapy and has helped hundreds of individuals overcome their limiting beliefs and emotional pain to achieve self-confidence and freedom. Suzanne is dedicated to helping people live their best lives and is the founder of Sound Health and Wellness and Suzanne McColl, LPC, LLC. Please help me welcome Suzanne. Hello, April. So great to be here. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life show, Suzanne. Welcome. Glad to be here. I love the whole concept, the, <laughs> the holistic concept. It is. I mean, it's it's how we show up the best in our lives, right? As we keep learning and doing that life learning and knowing what works and what doesn't and trying lots of different things. So let's give the audience a little bit about you. 
So, um, I, well, as you said, I'm a therapist. I've been doing this for years. Uh, but so I grew up in a little town in upstate New York with six brothers and sisters. And I sort of was um, conditioned or I decided that my role for attention was to be kind of the quiet one and the good one, the helper. And so I never really felt like I could just be myself and just really be in touch with what, who that was and, and let my, my unique abilities really develop. So as I got older, I started to um, really question who I was and, and not feel happy. I think what you said is so true that you have to really show up as your whole self in order to really feel happy and feel good. So I started my journey after college, I decided to move to New York City because I was either going to be a therapist to help people or be a dancer. Mm. And I think that was where I decided it was about me. I needed to focus on me and I was a dancer. And so I ended up kind of moving back into um, therapy. I was a, a dance movement therapist. So there was, I really believe in the whole mind-body connection, mm -hmm. lots of therapy, and then really continually came up against this wall of not believing in myself and having to work on it. And, you know, I, I kept doing that and I would get to a new point and a new place and then realize I'm still kind of like hiding out or really doubting myself. And so I'd have to work on that. And that's kind of mm -hmm. how I got to the uh, kind of therapy I do, which is called EMDR. It's incredibly powerful. And yeah, I would, I would love for you to explain a little bit about that because let's just share with the audience what yeah. that is. That's a very cool therapy. It's a lot more mainstream than it used to be. I mean, most people have heard of it. They call it EDMR. They don't call it the right thing, but it's um, it's called, it stands for eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing therapy. Basically, that's a mouthful. A, that's I probably know. why we break it down to acronyms. That's why we say EMDR. <laughs> um, it's, it's basically uh, based on the premise that who we are is based on this um, com combination of all the experiences and memories we've had. And um, everything gets stored in your body, like all the emotions mm -hmm. and uh, the book. You end up creating beliefs about yourself because of everything that happened yeah. and your desire and need to belong. OK, so that's kind of the understanding of human development. And EMDR has a way of tapping into those parts of the brain where in the body where that's stored. So we really focus on what you're going through in your body when you think about a memory what thoughts come up, what feelings you have, and what the image is. And then we do something called bilateral stimulation, which is what the eye movements are about. So the eye movements started out, EMDR started out with eye movements. So people would follow a person's hand back and forth with, the, with their eyes while they're thinking about an upsetting memory. Mm. And because of that, that bilateral stimulation, it really enhanced your body's ability to process all those stored memories and um, get to a place where you're able to think more uh, empowered about what happened to you. Um, because when you have like trauma, I'm talking about trauma now, but there's all kinds of trauma. Um, you, um, you, oh, it gets stored in your brain in a way that it doesn't have a timestamp on it, 
So that's why when you're, you know, 30, 40, 50, you might be um, struggling a lot with not feeling good about yourself or imposter syndrome and not really know what that's about because you're not connecting what happened in the past to, to what you're experiencing now. So when we do EMDR, it kind of brings the stuff out, you process it, the emotional charge goes away, and the memory now goes into the part of the brain that is chronological and it knows it happened a long time ago and you can think more logically and you can, uh, when that happens, almost automatically your positive feelings about yourself come out. So it, wow. it, it's like therapy on steroids because it's so much faster than talk therapy. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. I, I hadn't heard too much about that, that eye movement and how it stimulates the brain into going back into that root cause and how we respond to it and how we're able to process it. That's fascinating. Yeah. You know, because trauma is not really what happened to you. It's what's going on inside of you. Yeah, so absolutely. That's why we do this, because if it happened a long time ago and you're over it, then you're not going to be having these feelings. And uh, it helps to to tap into it and and to let it go so that you can be more in the here and now. Yeah. And I think that for many, many people, including myself, and, and it's been years now that I, I came into understanding that there's traumas within us that we have no idea are oh, yeah. traumas and we keep reliving them until we work with somebody who is able to take us down that rabbit hole. Right. And, mm -hmm. and then we're like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that this has affected me so much. And this is why I'm living and responding throughout life the way that I do because of this instance. And when I was so, so young, uh -huh. it's amazing. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, uh, God, I just forgot. I was going to say something related to that, but, um, oh yeah. People don't know. People just don't know mm -hmm. that what happened to them was trauma because I don't know. It was normal. It happened all the time or nobody really responded in a very, you know, concerned way. Or, you know, it could be like having even relational trauma, like mm -hmm. parents who are, let's say, let's say you have a parent who's really um, narcissistic, kind of self-centered. And that's yep. because they didn't get what they needed. Right. I'm not judging here, but it affected you and you created your whole sense of who you are based on what what they needed. That's kind of what happens when you have a narcissistic parent. So then you're not really understanding yourself or feeling loved. And you don't realize that that's not really the way it's supposed to be because that's just how you grew up. Or if you I have, think, hmm. yeah. And, and I think that again, just like you said, you don't realize the effects that have come upon you based on someone else. And at the same time, we don't really know our effects on them or what their experience was until we start going into that. Now, you um, you had left a, a comment here during your intake, and you said, in reference to using visualizations to have internal support by grouping several positive people into one visualization, we are creating a super highway because we are linking several neural pathways. Can you describe that? Because that sounds, again, quite fascinating to me. 
It is. It's so fascinating. So when you have, uh, we do visual, a lot of visualizations. The whole idea with um, EMDR is to help people process the old stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, the absence of a negative doesn't make a positive. So we want to also enhance all the positive emotions, self feelings and connections. So when you imagine a person and I will have that people kind of close their eyes and ahead of time, choose like, let's say three people who mm -hmm. they love and they feel supported by and to close their eyes and remember how that person would show them that they care about them or show them how they would support and just really imagine it happening. It lights up all the pathways. Mm -hmm. Those memories that you've had of being with them to remember what it really feels like to be loved unconditionally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And supported. Mm -hmm. And then you do that and you kind of, it's called a support circle. So you, I have them go from one person to the, in their mind. So it keeps lighting mm -hmm. it up and lighting it up. And then I have, them, you know, create the, can close the circle. So it just feels like it's part of them again. It's, it brings it up in their brain. This is, this is, they are loved and they're supported. Oh, that's beautiful. So this is a lot of information. Yeah. I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit further and, and you may have touched on this just lightly, but I would love to know you've been doing this a long time. Um, what, what really sparked the interest? How did you learn about this and what made you fall in love with it so much to where you pursued it? And now you are, you are coaching and teaching and leading and guiding others into it. So I guess it had to do with it, I, so much I do. It, it starts out with my, like, is this good for me? Is this helping yeah. me? Is this my, and like, I'm focusing on my own personal journey, which I think, you know, I, I everybody should. So I try new things because I think, oh, this is going to be helpful. So I was at a juncture. I've been doing regular therapy for a long time. And I was feeling also like I wasn't really moving to that place of feeling really good about myself. And I couldn't get my clients to get there either. And I really didn't even know why. So I figured I needed to learn something else. And I was at that point where I was going to do either learn hypnosis or um, energy medicine or EMDR. People were talking about it and I thought it sounded hokey, but I decided to go with it. And what happened when I studied it, it was like mind boggling the immediate because you work on yourself, you work on mm -hmm. other people, the immediate changes I could see in myself and in and the people I was working, training with. And then when I started doing it, all of a sudden, anyway, I knew, I saw the trauma in everybody because I never really knew it was there. Um, and I started working with my clients and they started to really thrive and get better. And that's what, that's just what kept me going because um, it's so rewarding as a therapist to be able to really help people like, you know, because there's a lot of uh, burnout that happens when you're working and you don't mm -hmm. feel effective. Right. Yeah. So, as yeah, so you, you saw the results. And I think you mentioned uh, not too long ago that it's kind of like this is this is, you know, progress on steroids or something. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. It's therapy on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Therapy on steroids. So it's 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 very effective. And because you had the that show 
and tell that it, it is working. You kept going with it. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel sort of out of balance here that I haven't really learned more about this and researched it more. It's funny when you think you've learned it all there, that's so impossible. There's so much out there, right? So many techniques and, um, that's incredible, Suzanne. Thank you so much for, for sharing it. We're going to move into our first commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to hear more. Stay tuned. Right. Hello. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. No. 
Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Welcome back. And speaking of the famous Kim Jacobs, she was on here. I don't know if she is right now, but she did leave a couple comments. I love it too. And wow. And then here's another one. This is from Cynthia. She said, love this information. I just recently learned about imposter syndrome. And that's fascinating. So speaking of, let's let's start talking about that, about imposter syndrome, because I know that's really a passionate subject for you. Yeah. I mean, I think what happened was uh, certainly during the, um, after COVID, I started uh, really wanting to start this new business, really working with professional people who have done so much, but they still have that self-doubt and lack of confidence that holds them back. So I started doing that. And the more I did it, the more I realized this is really imposter syndrome. And I think that's when I started to realize, like, I had imposter syndrome. Like, what I had been going through was imposter syndrome. It's that feeling of not not feeling, um, not believing in yourself. Like, you can do and you deserve to do what it is you want to do or even what, you know, people are asking you to do. Mm, I was just going to ask you, what is your definition of Im- imposter syndrome? So you go a yeah. lot into this feeling that you it's have. a feeling and a belief that you're not deserving mm. of the success yeah. that you have right. accomplished. That when mm-hmm. people, you fear that people will find out who, what you're really made of, who you really are, and then mm. it'll be all over. Right. Yeah. That's so it definitely, it, it makes people kind of stop in their tracks, doesn't it? And, and not move forward because they do have that strong belief, like you said, that I'm not, worthy. I'm not good enough to, to keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think what happens with some people is they do what I call the play it safe kind of way of living so that they don't really put themselves out. It's that's the easy way. Yeah. Right. I did that for a long time. And I know a lot of people do, and that's just what happens. And, but then uh, some people are um, really develop perfectionism as, as a way to really Mm. make sure nobody sees what's really going on in the inside or, Mm. um, being the expert at stuff, like really spending a lot of energy on that because same idea, don't want to be found out. No, that's a, that's a fabulous way to look at it because you're doing something, but you're not expanding. You're not, you know, so like it, it appears that, that you're this greatness and, but you're really not allowing yourself to to get bigger and to grow and to excel and become more than 
Exactly. It's true. It's a, it's definitely a, a moment where you have to look inside and say, okay, what do I need? Where do I need to grow? What's going on inside of me that is causing this? Because that's, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. So can, can you describe or, or share a story of an example of, of this? Um, well, well, yeah, one of my clients was an executive woman who was like a, a supervisor, manager level, was really kind of on on the um, next up of being like vice president, really moving up, had all sorts of great ideas of things that she wanted to develop and grow, but she just didn't do it because she was just didn't feel like worthy. She just felt like she wasn't good enough, even though everybody was telling her she was. Um, and so, you know, she came from a family where for women, women were supposed to stay in the home. They really didn't get any um, support to be out in the world, the professional world. Uh, her parents were fighting all the time. So she, kids internalize that, like there's something wrong with them. Like their parents wouldn't be fighting if there was, if they, if they were, you know, more worthy. And so her whole life, she never really completely believed in herself. And she made it her mission to kind of achieve and try to get approval. But on the inside, she didn't feel good. So we did EMDR. We really kind of got in touch with all of that, processed it, and um, helped her to really feel like she could expand. Like you said, I love that word. Just expand yeah, sense of self. Word. And, and it's interesting. So many of us, we, we, even though we're getting feedback outside of ourselves that, oh man, you're awesome. You do this great. You show up so well or what have you. Um, and you got to go for it until we really meet that root call cause. And we, we do all of that work and find out where that is that it's coming from and turn that belief system around. Uh -huh. it, it's so hard to allow anything else, even outside of us, even our close friends to, to allow that to sink in. It's unfortunate. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is. It's part of the human condition. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> it is. I have another uh, comment that came in. It's comparing past successes when pursuing a new endeavor and feeling inadequate. Right. And, and sometimes that's Cynthia, that's a great um, comment, like because a lot of times it, it pops up when we're trying something new. You know, yeah. when we get promotion or um, just trying a whole new you know thing or a new way of looking or whatever it is and not feeling like you're really grown into it yet. Yeah, there's so many different ways that people explain the, that that's happening. You know, when we start to shine and excel, uh, you know, people refer to it as the devil's coming in and trying to pull you down. Um, a lot of it could be explained, you know, more biologically that our, our body's trying to go back to the same thing that it's used to, the uh -huh. same thought process that it used to. It doesn't want to do something different because that's the unfamiliar. And so it's like, no, 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 no. We're going right. to keep doing the same thing we've been doing for years and years and years. And so there's a lot of different ways that you could say that, right? But it mm -hmm. definitely is factual that it's very challenging. That's why it's so much easier to remain 
exactly where we're at and not go forward then. And it's also why a small percentage of us do try to, you know, expand and grow. You mentioned something, uh, you said that I believe we all have the capacity to claim our self-worth and it's a matter of having a language that describes and guides us in evolving and healing. Can you describe that language piece? So important. Like if you don't really know what's going on, you, it, you can't even really think about it. Sometimes when you know what's going on and you have a language, it's a healing process right there, mm. you know, but like the language of, oh, you know, not feeling um, good enough. There's like different um, domains, like not feeling safe um, in this situation, you know, not feeling physically safe, not feeling emotionally safe, um, not feeling um, like you have control, not feeling uh, worthy and um and having a conflict about like it's my fault or whose responsibility it really is like if you kind of understand that that could be what's going on and ask yourself those questions it gives you a, it it's very eye-opening and even like where do these limiting beliefs come like these are limiting beliefs if you feel right. like you're not enough it's a limiting belief and they get created, you know, by it could be your family culture, it could be your religion, it could be society, it could be um, the kids in the on the playground, or the teachers and how they treated you, all of those things, that those are limiting beliefs. And that's how they get created, but they're not necessarily who you really are. Just right. having all that as a language. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And so part of me too has been exploring and learning more about through my own experiences, the identity crisis, which is sort of similar, sort of not, but kind of in the same uh, arena, so to speak. And just that, that feeling of, you know, who am I? Where do I go from now? And what's, what's very interesting is, and it's going to be de depending on what place and area you are in the world, but the societal standards and what society thinks is right or wrong or the expectations and how you should show up. Mm -hmm. It's different everywhere we go. And I think that that can cause us to be so inflicted on, well, I don't know if I want to show up that way or I want to believe in that. And so, but who does that make me? Mm. Right. And it's like sort of like um, a persona, you know, yeah. we grow up with a persona and then all of a sudden, you know, something shifts or we grow on the inside somehow. And all of a sudden we're like, who am I? Am I what I what the society wants me to be? Or is there more to me than that? And I think these kind of identity crises happen on kind of a regular, you know, not all the time, but, you know, they do happen. Um, well, we absolutely have to keep, you know you know, like you've talked about language, it's, it's always telling ourselves, you know, redirecting ourselves into what we, we want to create now. And I think that one of the biggest things that I learned, and it's the same with imposter syndrome, but we can change that at any time that change yeah. is constant. It's the only constant, right? <laughs> because yeah. everything is changing and evolving into something different. Yeah. And, um, so I think that when you when you understand that and you have the awareness of it really does 
open your eyes into some new possibilities. Yeah, people seem to, we, we get stuck on, well, this is, I have to do it this way, you know, because this is what I've been told in order to be seen as successful. But there can be, it takes like an opening, stepping back and opening up, like what are the po other possibilities? Could I do this? It's not the, it's not either or. It's, I might be able to be like this and be successful. What would that look like? It's like giving yourself the, the time and the space to imagining things different. So tell us a couple tips and tricks that you share with people to help lead them on, you know, that healing process through identity or uh, through, I, 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 I want to go back to your language, but that imposter syndrome and not feeling worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one one tip is to um, sort of think about where you've been, what everything that you've done, all your accomplishments, kind of even make a list of them, make a list of um, successes that you've had, mm, yeah. uh, whatever they've been, uh, good experiences, good relationship um, things that happened and tell yourself that that's that part of that's only a part of me that doesn't feel good about myself and it's there for a reason that part of you is there because it's 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 developed because it think this part of you thinks this is what how you have to play it safe basically um but there's more to me than that and like kind of like stepping away a little expanding stepping away is getting in touch with that healthier self and saying look at everything I've done. This is more of the evidence that I am really worthy. And the other, another tip is to have more of a um, shift your uh, sense of what is, what does it mean to be successful? Successful doesn't mean I'm perfect. And then to look around at all the people you know, and you respect and ask yourself, like, are they, are they perfect? And chances are they're not going to be. There's going to be something that you have seen or you know about them or um, that shows that they're not perfect, but you still uh, respect them and you still, you know, want to be sort of more like that. So like just to kind of reframe that I can be really successful without being perfect. And, and it's a, and like I said, it's a mindset, um, a growth mindset. Like we can grow if there's something I don't know. I can learn. It doesn't mean that I'm not enough. Um, so it, the other thing is to say, another tip is to like to think about like, well, when we talk, when we don't feel good enough, we're saying like kind of negative things about ourselves to ourselves. And so I ask people to if say, if this was your best friend and they were, um, had all these successes and they were talking to themselves like this, what would you tell them? What suggestions would you make? What would you tell them to try to think about themselves differently? Um, and when you put it, when you go outside of yourself and you look at what other people, what you might say about somebody else, you might give, start to give yourself more compassion. Like, yeah, maybe I am being hard on myself. Um, also, I want people to look at the outside. Like, what are the things that could be happening around me that could be, you know, causing me to not feel good about myself mm -hmm. and where you're at, your environment, the culture, 
might it might have to do with that and that helps people to understand it's not them oh i think that's huge to really yeah. understand your surroundings and our environment has so much to do our external with our internal right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i love to bring that up a lot because i learned that very much when i was you know in police where i you go into other people's homes and and it was a nightmare but so was the situation it was a nightmare situation so you know i started to realize this this similar thing that kept popping up of how i noticed that with people in their lives and their environment that was around them and i remember learning about it with the broken window theory in in school as we were learning and how what that means is in a neighborhood, if there's a broken window, if it stays broken, then there's apt to be more crime wow. for whatever reason. But when you start cleaning up that neighborhood and you fix the broken window, crime decreases. So it's, it's very interesting, but it's definitely psychologically there where our environment definitely has an aspect of how we are internally. So to be very mm. mindful of that and kind of looking around. And I love how you bring people to understand from others' perspectives or what would I say to my friend if they were thinking or saying these things to themselves or if you have children, the same mm. thing. Like yeah. I would never. Well, if you would never, why are you speaking to yourself this way? And so it's really learning that self-compassion and self-love. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is like, these are like a lot of like cognitive strategies, but I also tell people to use their, their neural pathways, like tap into that part of you. Like imagine your, imagine that most successful future self. What is it really visualize that person and hear them talking to you about your worth and your value. Oh, and, that's one of my favorite things to do is picturing yeah. who do you want to be and yeah, walking and into that. Yeah. If you can imagine it, it's in there. Yeah. And then we do what we call tapping it in. So we do like slow butterfly hug. So while you're mm. thinking about it, you tap it in. And that just in increases the powerfulness of it. It's that's the neural pathway, neuropsych stuff. It does. I agree with you. It, it's that reaffirming that we're going to make this stick. And yeah. I like that aspect. We're going to move into uh, a next commercial. And then when we get back, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your book and your family. Stay tuned. Okay. Bella Grace means so many things to me. Um, I still remember being a young woman and having that name in my heart. And I also am a mother of two young girls now. I love more than anything to spend time with them. I wanted to do something that would be empowering, deliver amazing, proven products that work to the marketplace, but most importantly, give amazing opportunity to people all around the world. It truly is her passion 
After over 25 years in the pharmaceutical medical world, I've dealt with lots of doctors, lots of chemists, lots of scientists. So when I saw all the double-blind clinical studies that validate and back up beyond a shadow of a doubt that have over 10 years of proven results, it's truly beauty from the inside out. We knew that we were going to be bringing a very disruptive force to the health and wellness world, and uh, that's exactly what we've done. We have exclusives to make sure that nobody can replicate or duplicate what we've brought to market. The amazing shine, the amazing plumpness, the hydration. It's as if you're watching magic happen right in front of your eyes. It's something you don't get with the most expensive products out there. We started interviewing influencers. We started interviewing influencer companies. So we thought, what if we could give them more? And that's exactly what we've given them is an influencer model, exactly what they wanted and expected, with an affiliate model built around it. They give you a platform to become an influencer. Customer service, marketing department, manufacturer, the, the packaging, the people that are doing our software, the comp plan. Every single person here are literally experts in their definitive field. It's over 100 years of experience in the direct selling world. So we've been able to partner these two worlds and bring the best of the direct sales affiliate marketing world with the passionate social media influencing world and bring them together. That's something that we haven't seen out there yet. The best tools possible, the best platform possible that anybody, even if you weren't in the established influencer you could come here and build out a community of influencers anytime anywhere on my phone it doesn't matter who you are what your following is bella grace is giving us all the opportunity to create a business for yourself this is the time to take advantage of that So you can learn more about Bella Grace in the description below. And Suzanne, I want to talk a little bit about this incredible book that you, you produced. And you wrote the book on the topic of releasing limiting beliefs and feeling worthy. You truly are passionate about helping others tap into this and, and come out a better person. So I showed on the screen what the book looks like. It's a beautiful photo. And so I'll, I'll let you talk more about this. Um, yeah. So it, it all comes from the whole like EMDR experience of learning like how good you could feel mm. and wanting people to know more about it. Like you said, you didn't really know a lot about EMDR and, and the, everything about it. So I decided, well, first I, I wrote, I have an online course that is all the same concepts that came first is all basically the same stuff. And I decided then I'm going to write a book because it's something I always wanted to do. I kind of worked through my imposter syndrome, got myself <laughs> there. And you so do I, have to work through that first, don't you? You really do. Cause you're like, you're shifting to a whole different place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I took a lot, everything from the course, but I put it into a framework I call the build method. And, um, and then, you know, talked about all these I, these topics first like the b is like you have to really believe that for some reason that you can feel better you have to feel it inside or you have to have heard people talking about it you have to believe it's possible so that and understanding like how do we develop our self-worth and our limiting beliefs and, mm. and what are limiting beliefs and where do they come from 
So just that is the whole, you know, understanding of that, the language. And then I talk, I help people figure out what exactly their limiting beliefs are and how to do that. So take them on some visualizations and um, just a lot more training and teaching about how to do that. Learn new strategies, cognitive and, you know, the neuropath, the neuroscience ones. And then the idea of doing, like you have to practice, practice, do, do. You have to choose to stay in that positive place. Yeah. Because you have to work on creating those new neural pathways because you do kind of slide back if you don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and it certainly doesn't happen overnight. I think that so much of us have this expectation of, you know, the quick fix and how we come into information so rapidly at the speed of light. You know, nowadays we kind of expect those things to happen. And that's simply not true. This is all a very long progress process, as well as you have to continue doing it. You have to continue in the work. The people who have really excelled and, and grown and succeeded, they are always continuously doing the work. Now, does it get easier? Sure. But that's because they did so much work and they've lived so much life to get there. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that. I was like kind of looking back on my journey and um, and what I would say to people is like I knew I could feel better. So I kept I kept working on it and I kept feeling better and better over time. Like at mm -hmm. first it was a little bit better. But when I look back, I mean, I'm nowhere where I was back then. Right. But I still want to feel better, <laughs> but it's the process. The process feels good when you're yeah. self-affirming, when you're like tapping into who you are, you feel good. Yeah. So the journey isn't, isn't so bad, but you just have to keep taking it really. It's not. And speaking of, we're going to add a little fun fellow here. <laughs> He's my best, best little buddy. Yep. Uh, you know, um, his name is Charlie. He's seven years old. And, uh, well, I got, I'm, I'm divorced. And so like, as my, as my kids were moving out of the house and I was like, I need some, I need some, yeah. something for love here. And so, um, I got Charlie and he's just such a sweetheart and, um, he's my therapy, little therapy dog. I take him to work every day. Yeah. It's really upset if I don't. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's accustomed. He's, he goes and he <laughs> greets all the clients. <laughs> you know, Suzanne, let's, let's let's touch on this a little bit because I think, and you mentioned that you're divorced. There's uh -huh. many, many people who, you know, and their kids are leaving the nest. And animals are such a huge point. It's, you know, you'll hear people say the animals were here, that they were brought for us, you know, to us to be companions in so many ways. You know, they are on a totally different level than we are, you know, spiritually being able to understand us and feel us in such a way that we don't always tap into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens all the time where my dog will go when somebody's really upset, he goes right over to them. Yeah. And, and certainly he's there with me. He's, and I think he's, it's like a person really, except for, you know, he doesn't talk. <laughs> well, he does it his own way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can, it's a, you can have real relationships with your dog and your pet and yeah. they're very meaningful. 
They are. They're, they really help us on the journey, don't they? And so, and then I'll bring in another photo and tell us who these love. Well, these are the lights of my life. That's uh, my daughter and son. Emily is um, 28 and she was like, she was a New York City baby. I used to live in New York City, so she was born there. And she's always had a sophistication and she is Starts, has her own business as a wedding photographer um, and a branding photographer, but she's very successful doing well. And, um, you know, she's, she lives about a mile away. So I'm she moved out, but at least we get to see each other. And then my son, you know, everyone's, every kid is different. Boys and girls are different. It's just, he's um, in Boston and he is living um living his best life <laughs> he's um 25 he's got a girlfriend they're very happy he's uh an engineer but he likes to talk and process things so he doesn't really call me that often but when i call him we're on the phone for like an hour so um oh, good they're great i love my kids yeah so i just wanted to bring those joys and share with the audience kind of some inside scoop about you, who you are, where you came from, and, you know, some of that backstory of why you're so passionate about doing what you do. And so I'll, I'll bring in your website again, so the audience knows where to find you. And that's www.suzannemccolllc.com. That's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-M-C-C-O. LLLC.com. And most of you are going to be watching the replay. So you will see that information in the description below. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to check out Suzanne's book. And I'm going to bring that up on the screen one more time um, because it really is this beautiful book. When was this released, Suzanne? This was September 2012. And um, I like the, the cover because. Uh, it's got a lot of positive energy. It's, you know, it's not a woo-woo book, but like, it's just, we're all made out of energy and we're meant to be feeling really good and connected to each other and to nature. So that's why I, I love that picture. It kind of represents me. I'm a, I'm a shoreline person too. No, I do too. I absolutely love it. It, it really draws me in for sure. As you can tell with my background, I, I enjoy that ocean, water, sunlight, energy. So thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today? I mean, I just, I just want people to keep in mind that, you know, it, it's a journey, you know, you're, you're going to keep making it a new steps and growing and to be compassionate and kind to yourself because um, you, you're not going to be that in that place right away, it's going to take time. And each step is um, a new uh, uh, unfolding of who you are and not to be upset with yourself for the things that you believe about yourself or how you've lived your life, because that was all created in your own way as a way to help you to be safe or to feel loved or to belong. And it can change. It doesn't have to be that way forever you can move into a healthier way of, of um, and get support and get help if you, if it's doesn't happen. Cause it's, it's hard to do it on your own. 
Um, so, you know, talk to your friends, get a therapist, get a coach, read books, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's very helpful. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for all of your light and your stories and your wisdom for sharing that with the Wellness Driven Life Show audience today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay. Well, I'm going to say goodbye for now, everyone, and stay tuned until next week. Goodbye for now.